Welcome, welcome, welcome to Killin' Missin' Hidden. This is not your host. This is his better half, Betsy. And today we decided, well, more like I decided, that it is time to let you get to know Brad a little bit more intimately. He's not only the best podcast host, in my opinion, but he's a pretty cool dude. Seriously. We have asked y'all to come up some questions. If y'all could ask him any questions, what would you ask? And he has promised to answer them here, live, right now. But before we get elbows deep into Bradley's nicknames and all of that and all the questions you guys had, let's start from the beginning. Let's get intimate, shall we? On the air? On the air. I don't, I don't think, I think we'd have to mark this episode explicit if we did that. Well, we're not going that explicit, okay? Let's get started. Let's get started. Come on. All right. So. So we're going to start the interview off with lies. I'm really trying. I'm just, I'm just trying to understand the rules here. I'm really trying here. Come on. All right. So I've never recorded a podcast. This is my first time even being in front of the mic. It makes me a little nervous. So if this is not top quality, please don't blame me. Blame Brad for letting me do this. Podcaster tip. Don't, don't apologize for what you're saying. Just say it. Okay. Well. Here we go. You grew up in Alabama. I did. Born and raised. Born and raised. And how has that been? How do you love Alabama? Alabama is a very beautiful place. And Alabama's got lots of neat points to it. It does. The politics of it I could do without. But as far as the state and all that, it's... It's pretty awesome. Gets too hot in the summer. Don't like that. But we have summer. We have winter. We have fall. We have a short spring. Very short. Very short. Mostly raining. Yeah. But it is very nice over here. Mm -hmm. We love it. It does get hot. Mm -hmm. But we're only a few hours away from the beach. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yep. We're only a few hours away from Florida. We're only a few hours away from Tennessee. Everything is pretty close around. Yeah, it's a good little place to be. Yeah. Um, we love living next to Georgia because that's one of our favorite vacation places that we've just recently discovered, which is Great Wolf Lodge. Yeah, the kids like that a lot. Shout out. Free tickets would be very welcomed. Does anyone in Great Wolf Lodge even hear us? We'll find out. We'll find out. Um, so where we live is pretty a nice spot. Mm -hmm. We love it. Would you ever move? Uh, I mean, after we're out of kids and everything, maybe, but... For right now, it's just too perfect a spot for us. Yes. I've always wanted to live in Nashville, Tennessee. I just think it's a really nice weather, and I love that area, kind of. The bars and all of that kind of stuff, the city life and all of that. Right now, we live in a very small town, Mm -hmm. and we love the feel, too. It's nice, yeah. It has a creek that the kids love to go swimming in. We take the dogs. They run around. And we have a little ice cream shop with coffee place, too, and a small pizza place. It's a really, really nice little town. Yeah. You know, I, I, most people would think all this is leading up to a question. It is. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. So you grew up in Alabama. Right. We, we've covered that, yes. Are we going back to the top of your notes? And you also shared your life with a sibling. You have a sister. I do. And she is not in Alabama anymore. No, she, uh, it was kind of always her life's goal to get out of Alabama. So she 
went to medical school and ended up becoming an infectious disease specialist right before COVID became a thing and is working up in North Carolina. Yes. We visited a couple times. Or no, we visited one time, North mm-hmm. Carolina. We see her um, as often as we can. It's mm. unfortunate we don't get to see her more. But um, we do love her. She doesn't listen. You can be honest. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, we also have very nice parents. Your dad. What does your dad do? He's an attorney, too. And your mom also had a pretty cool job before she retired, which mm-hmm. I think was really nice. I always wanted to be a nurse. Ended up being something completely different, mm-hmm. but I always wanted to be a nurse. And your mom actually was a nurse, but she was a nurse for cuckoos. Yep. Psychiatric nurse. Yes. Traveling psychiatric nurse. And so she was always up and around. She's really, really, really good at what she did. She's a very smart lady, too. Get your smartness from your parents. She's good at being retired, too. She is. I think we all would be. All right. So where did you go to school, law school? Tell us about that. I went to undergraduate at the uh, Jacksonville State University, which is actually in Alabama. It's up in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. Uh, spent four years there, had a whole lot of fun and ended up with a political science degree, which you can't really do anything with. So I kind of ended up going to law school. So I had a chance, a hope of making some money. Yeah. So I went to the University of Alabama School of Law, which Alabama gets pooped on for, you know, us being stupid and inbred and making all these dumb decisions and all that. But the law school is actually pretty highly regarded. It's it's consistently ranked in the top 25 by the people who rank law schools and other things. Yes, it is also a really pretty campus. Yeah, yeah. It's not a traditional campus, but it's got some pretty parts to it. You took us to Jacksonville once, and it was also a very beautiful campus. Jacksonville is a very pretty campus. I like it a lot. Beautiful it's, trees. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it being in the foothills, it's it's really pretty. And you made some really good friends there, lifelong friends. Made a lot of friends, yeah. yeah People yeah. that are still in your life now. Shout we out, have Graham. Lots of dark secrets. <laughs> Shout out, Graham and Amber. We love you. They did not go to school with me. But we'll shout them out just the same. They went to... High school. High school with you. Yes. And then you met other ones in law school that are also still your friends. Mm Mm-hmm. And at Jacksonville State. And at Jacksonville State, yes. The Gamecocks, by the way, which... And our main rival was the Troy Trojans. So Gamecocks versus Trojans. Just the cheers wrote themselves. It was fantastic. Go, Cox! Go, Trojans! (laughs) Yeah, one of our favorites was our cocks are up and coming. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, on that note, let's move on. You work during school. I know you work during uh, high school. Yeah, yeah. I've Um, been working since I was 14. All right. Tell us some of your jobs as Uh, uh, before, (laughs) before becoming an attorney. My first job was working with an electrician. I worked for a landscaper for a little bit. Now, are these jobs that you wanted to do or are these jobs that your dad... My dad decided that I needed to have a good work ethic, so he found these jobs for me when I was a wee lad and, and forced on, me into 
child labor. And now he will not do our yard. <laughs> he worked during the hot summers in Alabama doing yard work during the summer breaks. And let me tell you, it gets really hot. No, no, no. no. Let, let me, let me, let me tell you what I did. Okay, tell us. So for the electrician, because I'm the new guy on the crew, right? I'm the one that goes up into the attics to run wire in June and July and August. Or I'm the one that goes into the crawl spaces and things like that. And then with the landscaper, I didn't work. I didn't do landscaping very long. I just got hired on to do one job. But it was a significant job because the new high school was being built out in the middle of nowhere. And we had to lay down the side for the school. And so essentially, I'm standing in a dirt field with no trees, just flatness. And I'm laying side day after day after day after day after day for weeks. And it was just so miserable. So now we hire lovely Tyler, who does our yard. Well, and that's another thing, too, is growing up, I always seemed to get punished with yard work. So I, I developed a very negative taste for yard work. So that's something that I learned from you is do not force the kids to do chores because then they'll hate them. There shouldn't be a, that's not a good way to punish them. Yeah. Not just take their stuff. Yeah. That's the right way. All right. So what else did you do? Uh, when I got to high school and I could drive and I could make some of my own decisions, I went to work in retail because it had air conditioning. And so I worked for our local Michael's Arts and Crafts. I enjoyed that job, you know, pretty well. And then I went to work in college. I worked for Brookstone, the place that sold all those weird little gadgets. Enjoyed that. Um, Worked at some little clothing place near my college campus. Did not enjoy that job, but, you know, needed money, so you do what you do. And then in law school, I clerked with a law firm. I, I went to school to Tuscaloosa and clerked for a law firm in Birmingham, which is an hour plus drive each way. So um, that kind of was my spare time in law school. Yeah, and what did you drive during that time? What did I drive? Mm-hmm. Uh, during, like, what are the cars I've owned during my life? Well, not necessarily, but, like, what brought you back and forth that hour? Um, Well, for part of my law school career, it was a Nissan Altima. And for the second part of my law school career, it was a Toyota RAV4. Yes, I met that one. Yes. Poor little thing had to leave for the car that you have currently. Mm -hmm. What do you drive now, Bradley? A 2010 Honda Civic. That is literally paintless. Yeah, the paint. Apparently, that was the year Honda switched from an oil-based paint to a water-based paint and didn't know how to seal it very well, so. We never got it fixed. No, they would never fix it. I called them, and the dealership said that the national folks had to do it. National folks said the dealership should have insurance to cover it, and they just gave me the runaround, and I got tired of fooling with it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Because I'm not a car guy anyway. I didn't really care that much. Yeah. I'm always wanting to talk to you about, let's get this car, let's get this car. And you're like, eh, you don't care. I don't care, no. So I get the fancy car. Yeah. All right. So you went to school. You went to law school. Why did you become an attorney? What's the whole, what was behind that? I told you. I graduated with a political science degree and didn't have any other options. I mean, my dad was an attorney too, so... Um, I had always kind of had that in the back of my mind and I thought it was a neat way to help people. So I guess the question that a lot of people want to know is being a parent, would you suggest that to your kids? Would you suggest your kids going into becoming an attorney? No, not in these days. Um, I think a law school education is probably one of the best educations you can get because it's so much different, at least here in the United States than what people are used to. Uh, you know, it's it really teaches you how to think and think critically and analyze and logic, you know, it focuses a lot on logic and things like that. You have to think on your feet. So I think it's a great degree, but to go into the practice of law right now is just a mess. It's just a total mess. But you would agree that going to school and learning all of those things has really helped you throughout your life. Um, problem solving. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it changes the way you think. Yeah, because you think you're very, very, very intense in your thinking and you're analyzing. And I think that's what makes your podcast so wonderful. It's the fact that you can really look into a case and find all of the questions that I would ask myself reading a news column or something about someone that went missing. And you're so good at investigating, figuring out what's what happened and, and coming up with, I don't know. I mean, I just, I find it remarkable what you do, but I think it, a lot of it helps that you were, you are an attorney. You had that training. Yeah. I mean, spending almost 10 years in courtrooms, uh, helping folks and dealing with surprises and all that. It, it's, uh, an experience that's for sure. Um, giving you some gray hairs. Oh Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's... Anyway, I, I can say a lot about that, but I'll allow you to move on in your questioning. Okay. All right, so your first job was at a small firm mm-hmm. and with a brilliant attorney. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, no, my first job was with an attorney named Mickey. He was... I still consider him my mentor. Uh, he's probably the only true genius I've ever met in life. And this was a dude that he literally showed up one time to court thinking it was just a hearing and he had to step into trying a capital murder case. He had no file. He didn't even have a notebook with him, no pen. And he ended up winning the case. That's Mickey for you. Yeah. And you learned a lot under him. Yeah, he was an awesome, awesome teacher. Uh, he really, he was good about our drives to court and stuff. He would question me about different things and always made me think about cases in a different way. And it was interesting to watch him work and learn his process. And I've tried to copy that. And he was a good man, too, you know. Yeah. Other than, what would you have for lunch, Brad, when you were working tirelessly, hours and hours, on a case, in front of a judge? 
finally went to recess. What would you eat? Yeah, whenever we had jury trials, um, Mickey was a big believer in that when we broke for lunch, that was time to prepare for the afternoon session. When you finished up for the day, that was the time to perform or prepare for the next morning session. So eating was not on his table. Now, granted, Mickey kind of lived off of cigarettes and coffee, so it was easier for him. Um, but we would at best hit the vending machines in the courthouse, which fortunately were usually stocked pretty good. And so I would say my typical um, jury trial lunch would be a can of Mountain Dew and a pack of Reese cups. Which is now still his lunch during work. Well, just on days that I'm busy. Exactly. He has not changed at all. He's still a child at heart. Pizza, chicken fingers, french fries, and candy. Cookies. Soda. Yes, this is my husband. Yes. All right. And after you worked with Mickey, um, which was a great time with him, you went to work with one of your friends that you clerked with. Yeah, a buddy of mine from law school named Rob started his own firm. And I mean, I don't say this in a negative way, and I think Rob would agree with me. He's like an awesome businessman, but wasn't really an outstanding attorney. He was, he was awesome at getting clients. And so he asked me to join him to help with the... Uh, legal end of things and so I did that for three years or so and did all the criminal stuff we did a bunch of and he was really into employment law stuff so we we did a bunch of those cases I think we filed more uh employment law cases than anyone else in in our area yeah y'all did a lot of that I yeah. remember so that's where we met I was Rob's secretary. I remember he begged for you to come to work with him. <laughs> and I kept telling him, stop. Just stop asking him. If he doesn't want to come work with us, just leave him alone. Little did I know that that's where I was going to find the men of my life. Yeah. And. All your dreams would come true. All my dreams came true. So I was a secretary there. I was freshly out of school. And I was you know, dating and meeting people and stuff like that. And I met him and we became really good friends. And eventually we started dating. Um, we didn't tell anyone for a while. And then she was deeply embarrassed. <laughs> I was not deeply embarrassed, but we were working together and there was only a few of us in the office. But when I finally told Rob, who I considered an older brother to me, I mean, he kind of brought me in. I didn't really know what I was doing and he taught me everything. And I'm very grateful for my time working with him as well, which was many years. Um, but um, he knew, like he already knew. Mm -hmm. And he didn't say anything to us, but he knew. Yep. <laughs> he could tell we yep. were, we were falling in love. So a few years later, we got married and we had a bunch of kids. A whole bunch of kids. A whole bunch of kids. They just kept popping out. And actually, Brad was the one that took me to get drunk for the first time. So I'd never... I don't know what this has to do with kids, but yes, that's Well, true. that's how they came. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we ended up having them. No, but um, you took me to go drink for the first time. Yeah. I had never gotten that drunk in my life. 
I've had I had my first margarita. No, you've gotten drunker since then. No, no, no. Since then, I had never. Yeah, well, what? Nobody had never share my business like that. This is about you, not about me. Anyways, so you took me drinking for the first time. And what happened when we went? Uh, Well, I took you and then you left me to dance with some other people. That's not exactly right. What happened? Well, this is about me. Look, I was... So I'm giving it to you from my perspective. Look, I was a drunk one. What did you see happen? I saw you befriend uh, some women that were attending a lesbian bridal shower. Mm -hmm. And at least one of them was really into you. Yes. And I didn't didn't know they were. Yeah. Yeah. Which made it that much more fun. So I just thought they were being nice to me. Yeah. And I was... Well, they were being nice to me. Well, they were a little bit too much afterwards, I realized. But that's okay. Yeah. So Brad always puts me in these weird situations. And he loves to laugh at me. No, that is not true. That's true. No, I put you in no situations. I want to stay at home in bed. That is also true. But when you do take me out. Well, I have to entertain myself somehow. Yes, and I am his entertainment. Especially when I'm drunk. Yeah, no, you're a, you're, you should do a drunk podcast. <laughs> I think once you got used to the, the format and. Everything. It, it could be a real hidden gem. Yeah. So, speaking of this, why did you start a podcast? Uh, it was either this or spend time with my wife and kids, you know? True. Yeah. Uh, no, I, uh, my wife, um, who you may know as Betsy. Me. Yeah. Um, she was really digging on podcasts for a while. Yes. And still am. Not yours. uh, Not mine, but uh, good podcast. And she kind of forcibly introduced me to one. And um, I thought the idea of it was neat. He just didn't like the person I introduced him to. I wasn't a big fan of the particular podcast. uh, But I thought the idea was neat. And I noticed in exploring that so many of these podcasts are hosted by people who really don't have any experience with the criminal justice system. There's not many that feature former police officers or prosecutors or defense attorneys or judges or whatnot. And so I thought that maybe since I had actually been in the trenches and dealt with getting people off of charges and whatnot, maybe I could offer, you know, a unique insight. I I could offer a different voice to the world of true crime podcasts. And you have. I think you bring a lot to the table. Well, I do as well, but um, not many people ask me what I think I bring to the table. So, What do you bring to the table? Well, I bring all the legal experience that we've been talking about. Yeah, you do. Have you not been paying attention? I I listen to 60% of the things that come out of your mouth. That's a bigger number than I would have thought, frankly. So I was a podcast enthusiast. And also, I am very into murder mysteries Mm -hmm. and i love watching all of the documentaries all netflix stuff a staircase one of my favorite that's a good one Yeah, that is a really good one yeah i love that one um and we making a murder of course yeah that was wild that was one of the first ones that we watched together it may have been the first one yeah i think so 
So I've always just been watching that. Um, I've always loved that. I always loved listening to podcasts about that. And then I showed it to Brad. Thought it was really interesting. And then he was looking for a hobby during that time. And so then hundreds of dollars later. Yay, money. Here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Brad has suggested I start a podcast as well, but I don't think I'm as interesting. No, I, I, I would not suggest that you start a podcast if I thought you were going to be boring. I think you can do a good job. Yeah, with liquor. <laughs> liquor would definitely add a certain bit of flavor to it. So I want to tell a good story um, before we continue going on to these questions, because I think this is a very good one. We went to jail together. And it's not what it sounds like, but we did. We did go to jail together. We we we, we went more than once. Yes, but yeah. I'm thinking about specifically one. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, being a criminal defense attorney, sometimes your clients aren't in the free world. So can we say what this guy did? I mean, without getting into details. Um, I don't even remember specifically what this guy did. Well, he had a bunch of people's IDs. Oh, that one, yeah. And he also had a gun. Yeah, yeah. And he was in jail for that, of course. Mm -hmm. He got caught. He got stopped by the police. He had money. Mm -hmm. Thankfully. Yes. And so he hires you to go help him out right when you're about to help him, release him. He decides that someone else is going to help him Mm -hmm. who ends up getting him deported. Yeah. Yeah. When you were about to get him freed. We were probably six weeks away. Yeah. From getting him out of jail. Yeah. But before that, we went to visit him at jail. Mm -hmm. Multiple times. Oh, my goodness. The stench. That's the only reason I won't do anything. I mean, I have half a mind sometimes. But it is smells jail is awful i mean when people say jail is awful it is awful but it is stinky um you know every jail is different at least here in alabama like the sheriff kind of gets to run the county jail however he or she sees fit Mm -hmm. and so you know there's some jails that you go to and they actually have a designated attorney area Mm -hmm. where you'll be you know kind of put in a waiting room they'll bring your client to you and then you have your interview and all that. When you're done, you hit a buzzer and they uh, come pick up your client and then they let you out. It's a safe, controlled environment. This particular jail is not quite the same. Oh, no. No, this jail, they just let you into the general population. Yep. And you have to go find your client. And we were up there. <laughs> and then you have to find a room to meet with them in. And, you know, if things go to crap, you're right in the middle of it. Yeah. I mean, we were up there. We could look out the windows in the room we were in with our client. Mm-hmm. And we could see all the inmates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they were walking around. And I was scared. But in fairness, they were all very polite. They were. They. I mean, it, it's, it's scary because of the idea that you're locked in there. Mm-hmm. With them. But none of them were in any way threatening or rude. Yeah. Although they did enjoy seeing a young, cute Hispanic female on oh, yeah. the floor. Oh, yeah. I, I had a lot of stares. Yeah. I will say that. You had options. I did. You didn't have to stick with me. I did not. No, you could have picked one of them. I could. I can. Still. Yeah, I guess you still could. I yeah. still could. You couldn't get back there as easily without me, but. That's true. 
I can just find one out here and then visit him over there. Yeah, I mean, usually the visiting, you know, is done. Like, it's a different environment. Yeah. They don't just throw visitors to the to the wolves like they do attorneys. So, when I say it smell bad, think of the smell of throw up mixed with urine and Clorox bleach. So much bleach smell. So much bleach smell. And rotten food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you say that's a pretty close? I'd, I'd add some BO in there. Yeah. I don't get access to the showers very often. That is, yeah. Yeah. Some BO, too. Yeah. So we were surrounded by a lot of nasty smelling looking men. It's an adventure for your nose. It is an adventure. A total big. So yeah. So I love telling people we went to jail together. It yeah. was fun. Yeah. It was really fun. That That's probably in the bottom five of all jails I've visited. Not the worst. But no. Certainly on the lower end. So because we worked together, we ended up going to a lot of, a lot of court places or you... I got to see you work a lot. Yeah. And that's one of the things that attracted me to you is people that don't know, he is really good in front of a judge defending you. Like you feel that, oh yeah, I, he got this. Brad's got this. You're really good at that. You're really good. You can go up in front of a judge and just make that person sound so innocent. Well, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful to Mickey my mentor, because he really taught me a lot about in the practice of law, there's so many battles that you can fight. And his theory was you always just got to get to where the bone's buried. And that's where you operate from. Whereas I think a lot of attorneys, they will get in pissing contests for the sake of getting in pissing contests. Mm -hmm. And I think that derails, um, a lot of what they can do for their clients. So, yeah, I mean, I would always show up and I'd just focus on the main issues. And um, and you had a lot of friends in court. Oh, uh, yeah, I always got along well with everybody. Yeah, and uh, which I know a lot of attorneys didn't get along with the judges, didn't get along with people. Yeah, no, there's, especially younger attorneys tend to have this Rambo style of litigation that really doesn't work so well, but... You know, you can't teach them. They got to learn on their own, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, whereas I just tried to get along and cut through the BS and just get where the issue was and try to litigate that. And because of that, I think that you ended up having a lot of positive um, relationships with judges and other attorneys, too, because other attorneys wanted to work with you because you were easy to work with. You weren't going to put up a lot of crap and you were very nice all the time but you always knew what you were talking about and that's it was easy for them to work with someone that was competent like yeah. <laughs> i think the greatest uh compliment i was ever paid while practicing was a uh there's a notoriously difficult federal judge um who basically any type of case i handled her her natural disposition was to favor the other side uh but we, you know, we had developed such a reputation for being forthright and honest and helpful to the court that there was literally a hearing one day on an issue. We argued our side, the other side argued their side, and the judge in the hearing on the record 
And I guess I should order this transcript so I can have it and frame it on my wall. Um, she actually turned to us and said, y'all know this law better than I do. Is what they're saying, right? And so, you know, I've used that example with a lot of young attorneys that if you can get the judge to trust you, you can do a lot of good for your client. Mm -hmm. Because that judge knew I wasn't going to lie to her or exaggerate or whatever. Um, and so that's, and that makes you look pretty good in court when the judge turns to you and says, you tell me what, what the law says. Mm -hmm. So. Very knowledgeable person. So I know a lot of people are going to be like, wow, she's just talking wonderful things about him. I also think he's, you know. No, we don't have to go into bad things. We okay. can keep this all wonderful. All wonderful. No, but one of the things that Brad doesn't do a lot is actually put out his resume out there for you guys. He is yeah. a very, very, very respected attorney here. He's also a very well-known attorney in Alabama. And he is a very nice guy. I would say I'm well-known where I practice. Well, where you practice, yes. Yeah. But I think you are not um, very good about paying yourself compliments when it comes to what you do and what you did and how good you were at it. Well, I mean, I just... You don't share it enough. Oh, I, I don't. I don't like people who brag a lot. Yeah. I'm not that sort of person. No, you're not. So, so that's why we're doing this. Someone's got to brag. You're going to force me to brag, basically, yeah. on my own podcast. <laughs> I'm bragging, too, This for feels you. more like a trap than an interview. <laughs> All right. So, is podcasting your full-time job? Oh, God. No. Why not? Doesn't this pay the bills? <laughs> this, 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 my net revenue is in the negatives. Yes. Uh, big negatives. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, this is a hobby. So, what pay. pays for this hobby? Uh, my, my job. Well, this is something that a lot of people don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't, have you ever really said this in your podcast? I've, I don't know. I think I've mentioned it. Okay. I'm sure I have. I can't imagine I've had a hundred episodes and not mentioned it, but. Okay. So Brad works for the Alabama State Supreme Court. Yeah. And he is one of the four attorneys in the clerk's office. We're central staff attorneys. Yes. Central staff attorneys. Which means we don't work for a judge. We work for the court. So you don't work in private practice and you don't defend no. anyone. Nope. But you have caught someone that was going to be executed. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. They had a guy on death row that had uh, the trial judge had uh, ordered him released from death row. And nobody had sent the order to the Department of Corrections. And I just happened to stumble across that one day in reviewing our death, our pending death cases. And uh, so I don't know if I did the guy a favor. I think death row is is a safer environment. It's a lonelier environment, but it's certainly safer. Um, and it's definitely less crowded than our general population. But, but at least he didn't die. Yeah, I got him off death row. Yeah. Yeah, with a phone call. That's. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. big. So, so that's that also gives you some insight into how well the criminal justice system works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you can just forget a guy is sitting on death row. So being part of the Supremes, as we say, as you say, as I say, being part of the Supremes, how does it? What do you do? How does it? 
How does it help? So the central staff attorneys, we're a group of four that basically everything that comes into the court, we review, we fix any problems before it goes to the court for them to review. I would say our primary purpose is to handle stuff the judges don't want to fool with. Um, but I mean, we do a lot, you know, the, of all the cases disposed, our office, the central staff attorneys dispose of 56% of the cases that are brought before the court. So the nine justices get rid of 44%, the four staff attorneys get rid of 56%. The pay does not reflect those numbers, but. (laughs) But you do pretty well. We do a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. And you work hard. You love your job. I do. Yeah. Very much. I love the. The hours seven thirty. If you wake up early, if you, if I if I'm on time, I work seven thirty to four thirty. So Brad loves sleep. Yeah, he loves to sleep. I enjoy my sleep. Yes, and he will fall asleep in seconds. Uh huh. I'm so glad I finally developed that skill after all these years. Mm-hmm. So we will go to sleep, and yes, he snores. Uh huh. And when we but go, but it to doesn't sl- bother me. Well, no, it doesn't bother you. It bothers me. It keeps me up sometimes, no, but when he's... You think it's cute. You uh, love it. No, I don't. You do. Especially when I think you're choking. <laughs> That's fun. Fun times. Fun uh-huh. times. Right. So he'll wake up sometimes choking and be like... Ugh! I'm like, are you okay? He's like, yeah. What happened? I don't know. And that's my night, people. Yeah. What, what, what do you like better? When I wake up choking or when I try to physically assault you when you wake me up? So he falls asleep meditating often, and when I go wake him up, he is ready to slap the living heck out of me. He is not very easy to wake up either. You gotta shake him real hard. I've taught the kids to go wake him up. I'm like, I'm cooking dinner and all that, but I got home and he's tired. He went to lay down for a little bit. I'm putting things together or whatnot, and I tell the kids, go wake up dad. They come back, he won't wake up. Like, we'll just shake him a little bit. He's like, no, he's going to hit me. <laughs> I have never hit anybody for the record. No, but you you do, like, get scared when woken up. And I, so you kind of flinch. Yeah, I wake up in a fight position. Yeah. I, I don't wake up in a flight position. No. So when, back to what we were saying, when you do wake up early enough, you wake up and you go to work from 730 to 430, mm-hmm. which I love that schedule because you get home early. Yeah, I get to miss a lot of the traffic. Mm-hmm. And we love that. So, all in all, the job's pretty good. Well, I love it, yeah. Monday yeah. to Friday? Government job. You don't have to bring it home often? No, I mean, if I work 10% as, I, as hard as I did in private practice, I think I'm wonderful. Yeah. So, so you work really hard. Mm-hmm. And you have really good um, other people that work with you. Yeah, no, I've got awesome coworkers. I love mm-hmm. them. I love the group we've assembled. There's literally not a person in our office that... I roll my eyes at or wish I didn't have to fool around. I mean, people have bad days and stuff, of course, but Mm -hmm. in general, they're all good people. And even one of the girls that works with you, you went to law school with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to law school and went on different paths, and now uh, she joined our office last year, so it's kind of cool to... Thanks to you. Yeah, yeah. You did suggest I really did campaign for her. And she's great. She is. I haven't met her, but she sounds great. Yeah. Well, she's a redhead, so if she's fiery like you, you would like her. Ooh. I am fiery. Yes. Oh, I'm sweet. Yes, but you're still a Latina. Mm. All right. So you 
work for the Supremes, you love your job, and you do the podcast on the side. How long do you see yourself doing this podcast thing? Until it's not fun anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you ever wanted to stop? N- not... No, I would say no to that question. There's been times where I felt like it may be best for the family or something like that if I stopped because, you know, certain weeks are hard and this this takes a fair amount of time for me to put together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder, you know, should I be spending this time with my family instead of doing this? But I guess it's good to have a hobby, so. Yeah. And to, as long as I enjoy it or until someone sues me and makes me stop. I guess I'll keep doing it. Or until your wife says, pay me attention? Yeah, but I I can do that and still podcast. <laughs> All right. So let's end this with, well, we have a couple more, but silly questions. Okay. So these are going to be rapid, silly questions. Don't look at them. I'm not looking at them. Okay. Ready? Okay. Favorite alcoholic drink? Uh, I, I really, really enjoy the apple uh, whiskey that uh, Crown Royal has come out with mixed with Sprite. Uh, but, you know, that's it just normally uh, straight whiskey or uh, whiskey and Coke. How many pets do you have? Okay, so in our house, we apparently live by the rule of threes. We've got three adults living in this house. We've got three children. And that means my mom lives with us, that I don't have two husbands or you don't have two wives. Right, yes. No, I, I've got a wife and a mother-in-law. Um, I've got our three kids. Uh, we've got, on top of that, three dogs and three cats. Yes. And what are your dogs' names? What kind of dogs do you have? Well, we've got Flash. You have. Who is a Chihuahua. We've got Panda who is a Shih Tzu, so two little dogs. And then we've got Shelby, who is a lab mix and is a puppy and is just a firestorm of energy. Adorable. She's adorable, but she's big and she doesn't realize she's big. No, I think it's because of the cats and the dogs around her. She thinks she's small like them because she wants to sit on your lap. Yeah. And act like a puppy. Yeah. Like a tiny little doggy. Yeah. And Shelby is not that. No. We're training her. She's been doing a lot better. She is. She, she is. But she's still a puppy. Yes. She loves treats. Likes treats. So she's a newest addition. Um, but we have three cats. We have Domino, our oldest cat. And then we have Selena. And then we have Harley. And Harley is the one Brad picked and the one Brad, Brad brought home. Only because. animal I picked. Yes, only animal he's picked. And she is... She's a princess. She's a princess. She is very, very, very princessy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can't hold her for long. She doesn't like that. But she no. also likes to just come up to your face. And also she does this drooling thing that I don't understand. Yeah, when you get a good scratch going on her, she starts drooling, which is kind of weird. Yeah. But, you know. So when you brought she's her She's a drooling princess. She's... She is. When you brought her home, she would sleep on your shoulder. Uh-huh. Yeah, I forgot about that. And she still wants to. Yeah. But she can't. Pick. She's a little too big. Mm-hmm. She's a medium hair, long hair, something like that. 
Uh, yeah, I'd say closer to long hair. And her tail, compared to the other two, we all have all black cats. We have two tuxedo cats, and then she's all black. Yeah. And she's feisty. Yeah. Um, but the tail though, it's like a. It's like a feather boa. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It's really cute. I love her. I love those. I love those. So I have always wanted a like a big house with ranch style i've always wanted cats and dogs and horses and pigs and all that and since brad won't give me the cows and pigs and all that i just keep bringing dogs and cats in the house i wanted to marry a woman that was adopted because her parents were dead and she lacked the ability to have children so we could have a nice quiet house and instead i came with a full package we have three kids and my mom lives with us my very loud Mexican mom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's a very much of an extrovert, so always wants people to come over. Mm-hmm. Loud Mexican people. Uh-huh. But COVID has restrained that for some. Yeah, yeah. So that's My good. mental health is finally recovering. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so you're a board game lover. Love board games. Yes. Yes. If you can get us to play a board game with you, you are a happy camper. Yes. He has a lot of board games, but yes. we don't play them all. No. But when we do, we love them. We have fun. We do. We have a lot of fun. Generally. Except where Brad, this, if you don't know this about Brad, Brad will tell you the instructions to the board game for a good 20 minutes before we even start playing. And then when we actually start playing, nobody remembers what the crap he said. Look, I, I just think I never like it when I play a new game and I get these little surprise rules that nobody told me about. So I Which try to. You do. To us all the time, and we think you're just making those rules up because no, you want. I have covered that in my opening soliloquy to us playing the game. Mm-hmm. Y'all just. I'm just saying over. the instructions take as long as actually playing the game. But moving on, we don't we don't have to have that argument right now. Shows that you love, shows that you love. Okay. Um, Bob's Burgers right now mm-hmm. is my jam. That is my comfort show. Yes. When I've had a long day, I want to come home, I want to lay down in bed, turn on Hulu, and watch a random episode of Bob's Burgers. And if you don't watch Bob's Burgers, you must. And Brad is Bob. And I'm Linda. <laughs> and we're very yeah. similar to those two characters. Yeah, very similar. It's creepy. And if you want to know who Eli is, he's Gene. 100% Gene. Gene. And our youngest is... Louise, definitely. No doubt. So, we love watching TV. Well. When we can. Yeah, I mean, um, the the kids have the shows they like to watch. Betsy has the shows she likes to watch. And I have shows I like to watch. And sometimes they overlap. Sometimes. Yeah. Me and the kids are actually right now going through Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, which is... season 12. It's, um... Weird. It's what they enjoy. And they love it. I'm a good father, so I tolerate it. They finished Friends. We went through all of Friends. Mm-hmm. They yeah. loved it. Now we're going on to Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. I really like my kids to watch things from back in the good old days, as I say. But we still watch some stuff from now. All yeah. the Marvel stuff. All the Marvel stuff. We love Marvel. Love it. Marvel or DC? Oh, Marvel. Definitely. All right, your favorite movie, all time, go. Okay, it's a tie between Animal House and Blues Brothers. Mm. Yeah, they're just, they're classics. I love Blues Brothers. Yeah. He has a poster in his office. Of Jake and Elwood. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Loves it. But there's there's a magic to Animal House that's hard to top to. I think Blues Brothers is probably a better movie, and Animal House is a more charming movie. It's really funny. So Brad has always wanted me to watch these movies, and I grew up in a Spanish household, so we never really watched a lot of American TV. And whatever I did, it was always dubbed in Spanish. So for me, it was very weird to hear Patrick Swayze talk for the first time in English. Um, in Dirty Dancing, because my mom loved that movie. And then one day I grew up and I was like, wow, he sounds totally different than in Spanish. <laughs> That's been part of the fun of our marriage, is I get to introduce her to things like Seinfeld, mm-hmm. which yes. she had never seen. Never. And now she loves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Office. The Office, yeah. Uh, Parks and Rec. Yeah. All of those you introduced me to, and I love. Yeah. Mr. Science Theater. Is not one I love. That's such a good show. They're so weird. It's so good. It's so weird. You just don't get it. I don't. Favorite child. Favorite child. Uh, like today. Today. Who is your favorite <laughs> child today? Joe. Today? Um. I know Joe was when when we 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 stopped after dinner to uh, get some groceries. Joe was a little bit of a handful. He was. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We were bouncing between all of the car seats. Hmm. Uh, and very frustrated that we weren't doing exactly what he wanted. Well, it's better than going into the grocery store with me today because it was Super Bowl, day before the Super Bowl, so everybody's getting their Super Bowl stuff. And the day or two days before Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. And so we had a lot of gentlemen with their flowers and all that. Yeah, it was a parade of men carrying flowers and balloons out of that grocery store. Yep. They got to get it done now before they yeah. get in trouble. But to answer the question, I think today my favorite child may be Jacob. Why Jacob? Because he hasn't caused me any problems. That's true. That is the key to becoming my favorite child of the day. Who's your favorite wife? My favorite wife? Uh-huh. Uh, well, legally, I'm forced to love you. So. Legally. Well, I have very much enjoyed this, but we have one more question. That one of your listeners has for you. Would you rather fight a duck-sized T-Rex or a T-Rex-sized duck? So, first I want to object because I don't really want to fight a duck. Um, I like ducks. Now, ducks are not nice creatures and they have tried to fight me in the past. Um, So, that being said, with their little attitude, a T-Rex-sized one would probably be too much... For me to handle, so I think a uh, a duck sized T Rex, you give it one good kick to the sternum, and you've probably got a pretty good head start to victory there. Mm-hmm. You know they don't have much of a reach. Um, <laughs> well, you know they they not a lot of uh, agility. They can't turn directions very well. So as long as you can avoid their chompers, mm-hmm. I, I think you've got a good shot at winning that fight. Yet, you can't fight against our cats because they claw the crap out of you. Yeah, they're mean. They've got teeth and claws. They've got better reach than the duck-sized T-Rex. So, I mean, that's a totally different analysis for another day. Excuse me. All right, so we're going to end this with random facts about Brad. Random things that I'm going to shout out that he doesn't know. Nickname. His nickname is Mochi. His reason is his nickname is Mochi is because when... We lived in our uh, previous house. He would drive by Whole Foods and he'd pick up some mochi for me. And 
some sort of ice cream. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's very delicious. And every time he would come home, if I was having a bad day, he'd bring it and I'd yell, Bochi! And so that just became his nickname because he's also sweet and yummy like Mochi. Not Asian. Not Asian. (laughs) But delicious, however. All right. Your eye color is blue. You have long lashes. They fall into your eyes and you whine and whine like a baby. I I am certain that the back of my eyeball is nothing but uncollected eyelashes that have just taken up home. Mm -hmm. There's a nest of them. Probably. Yeah. You also need glasses 24-7. You can't see without your glasses. No. You don't use contacts because... I don't like them. You don't like them. Mm-mm. You can't put them in really well. Um, I'm also blind. I also can't see. I, I wear contacts, but I mostly prefer glasses. Um, just because they're more comfortable. Nerd. I am a nerd. Um, I was in the math team. Yes, yes. To put that she out She was there. on the math team. I was. This little cute Mexican cheerleader girl was on the math team. I love it. Um, his hands are so soft. That's one of my favorite body parts of his is his hands. They're soft and they always smell like clean soap. They're always great. I love it. And his feet are also always warm. So at bedtime, I love rubbing my feet against his because they're always warm and soft. And if anybody doubts this, you're welcome to come to bed with us one night. Test it out. See how hot my feet really are. Yeah. You're welcome. Come on. We have a big bed. We do. <laughs> we do. And also, he is a furnace. He is always hot. Always. You don't have to touch him. You can just pull your hand away from him a little bit, and you can feel the heat radiating off of him. I have an aura of fire. You do. Which is sometimes great and sometimes not, because when I'm cold, it's great. But when I'm hot, then... Yeah, during the summer months, I don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I don't appreciate that particular no. talent. Um, you have a funny, dark sense of humor. No, I'm not funny at all. You have a dark sense of humor. Yeah, I do. You do. <laughs> you find funnies in the most uh, dark times ever. Can, can, can I tell my favorite Bible story? Yes, you may. But go. All right, tell us your joke, Brad. No, it's I've, I've, I've always laughed at the um, story of King Solomon when he's having to oh, decide. Gosh. Um. You know, when, when when the two women are fighting about the baby, which I know most everybody has heard, and, you know, his the way that his wisdom is demonstrated in this story is he says, well, I'm going to cut the baby in half, and each of y'all get half the baby, and, you know, then the real mother says, no, no, just let her have it, and he awards the baby to the real mother because why, she wouldn't let the baby get cut in half. I find that so funny because it implicitly suggests that the non-mother was okay getting half of a dead baby. She was. And, you know, I don't know if she was, like, cheering to get the butt half or if, you know, they were going to do it long ways or what, but... But he always makes the joke of the butt baby. The butt baby, yeah. I I just... I love that one. And, And I really just think there may have been a better way to demonstrate someone's wisdom, but, uh... I, I, I like the, the false mother so much in that, where she's totally content getting half of a baby. And what do you do with half of a baby, exactly? I, I wouldn't even begin to understand that. I haven't pondered that enough. I no. need to. And I would certainly take suggestions if anybody knows. 
This is pretty much our conversations all the time. You have the most absurd thought. I just think a little bit more about things than the average you person. You do. You really do. It's it's my legal training, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. And food. You are very particular about I what you eat. I eat like a third grader. You do. I think Proudly. our, our seven-year-old has a bigger palate than you do. We don't have a seven-year-old. Oh, yes, we do. No. Oh, Joe's six. Yes. He's almost seven. Yes. I don't even know my children's name. Okay, wait. I don't even know when we got married. So that's something people... Don't know about me, but this is not about me. But I never remember our date of our marriage, but you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it's because in April, a lot of things happened. We got, what, we started dating in April. We got married in April. Your birthday's in April. Joe's birthday's in April. Um, what else happened in April? Well, we've got uh, our buddy Graham. His birthday's at the end of March. And Eli's birthday's in March. March. So we really run this gauntlet in really from the end of February, because that's when my dad's birthday is, through to the end of April. Because Justin and Justin and Jade both are born in April, too. So when we see them. Crazy month. It's, it's a lot going on. In April. And, and I just so, never, I get, I never remember. Yeah, no, four Betsy, three or four two or four four. Betsy has prioritized what she's gonna remember, so she, you know I our remember, marriage is at, at the bottom end of the list. I remember we got engaged September seventeenth. Yeah, that I didn't know. You didn't know that? I know it was around your birthday. It was the day before my birthday, and you gave me my engagement <laughs> ring in a box uh-huh. that looked like lingerie. Uh huh. I was like, what in the freaky thing is this boy doing? And I opened it, and there was a little cute box in there, and there was my ring. Yeah. And he didn't ask me to marry him. He didn't even get down on a knee. Nope. He asked me, does it fit? Yeah. That's what she said. I'm a romantic. You're very romantic. Uh, No, you're not. He's very sweet, but he's not the most romantic man in the world. The only romantic date that we've ever had was a a a picnic dinner. Where he brought KFC. And Ta-da! That's, and that's the most romantic thing you've ever done. So that wraps it up for us today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this special episode. This is not your regular. I know. But I hope you enjoyed getting to know a little bit more about Brad. He is a fun dude to get to know. Uh, but this is pretty much everything you need to know. There's really nothing else. It was, what, an hour long? Yeah, we're coming up on an hour. And he got to know everything about him. There's nothing else, people. Nothing this is, at all. <laughs> this is what you get. Yeah. We answered every single question, and there's nothing else. How do we wrap this up? What do I say? This Look, you took over the show. This is your thing. I'm just sitting here. And that's all, folks. Betsy out.